Hey guys, I just want to take the time to highlight how important independent cinema is. This episode, I'm taking a little break from talking horror movies, and we are going to be talking about uh, a murder mystery, which, you know, it's not that far off from horror. It's a really fun one. I'm really glad I get to talk about it. We do talk about horror, specifically the horror fandom, a little bit in this the lead actor, Bill Sage. You'll know him from movies like American Psycho, The New Wrong Turn, We Are What We Are. He's done his fair share of horror. So I know a lot of you horror fans listening, you you guys know who Bill Sage is. I'm really excited about this episode. I'm really excited to talk about independent cinema, especially like you go on the internet and I feel like every day you, I mean, we just got done with these strikes. And I feel like every day you see the studios doing something really, really shitty. Like, I don't know, shelving completed movies and essentially erasing them from existence to firing your main star for being anti-genocide. Like, what what are we doing here, guys? So, you know, now, now's the... Uh, if you haven't before, now's the time to really just seek out those smaller movies that really need the support. And because uh, you're going to find gems, you're going to find really good stuff, especially with a lot of the bigger stuff being so planned and so formulaic, so safe. We're horror fans like we want to take risks and, you know, you're going to find a lot of interesting stuff. So. That's my spiel on independent cinema, and uh, let's talk about Hayseed. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Woody Die Podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, we're switching things up, and instead of uh, horror, we're going to talk about this fantastic new independent comedic whodunit murder mystery movie that's coming out. It's actually out right now. It's called Hayseed. It's awesome. I'm so excited to talk about it, guys. Today, I'm joined by the writer-director, Travis Burgess, and the leading man playing Detective Hobbins, Bill Sage. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Good to be here, Austin. Thank you. I got to see this film the other day. I I love murder mysteries, so it was a it was definitely a treat to be able to see that. My first question is for you, Travis. Uh, as the writer as well as the director for this, what made you want to write a murder mystery? You know, I've been asked that before, and I, I really wish I had a, a more exciting uh, answer for you. But I do find myself, I think of myself as a as a writer first and a director second. And so I, I've always uh, loved murder mysteries as well. Like when I was a kid, Scooby-Doo, Columbo was introduced to me at a very early age, and I've watched almost every Columbo episode. But I saw Ryan Johnson's uh, Knive Out, Knives Out, and I walked out of the theater like, how did he do that? So it was really a, um, a challenge to myself to see if I could accomplish something. Um, Cause I, you know, I'm over the pandemic. I wrote 10, 10 feature length screenplays and I, I generally have a genre that I stick to, but never something as com complex as a murder mystery and, and the way you do all information. And, and when I started writing it, I did something I'd, I've never done before, which was start with a spreadsheet. So I had all the characters that I, I want someone like duck. I want someone like Hobbins. I want someone like, uh, in one column and across the spreadsheet is every hour of the day. So I could literally say, Hobbins is going to be here and here. This character is going to be here and here. And it was it was a way to kind of wrap my arms around the the information before starting on the outline. Because typically an outline would be, you know, you start out with beats and, you know, you slowly build up like 60 pages of just outlining. And then I go in with the dialogue, completely did this backwards. And it was a challenge to myself and just to see if I could do it. I tried to sprinkle in uh, odes to Plumbo and to Agatha Christie and to, you know, all the greats throughout. So that was the challenge. And I think we pulled it off. You know, it, it uh, it's layered neatly and 
when you watch it, I think it asks for a repeat watch. Um, sometimes the audience members that have seen it in, in previous screenings, they would, they would go, oh, I missed that thing, or oh, you know, and in the big reveal at the end of the movie, like all these movies have, there's callbacks to, to instances early on, and oh, I can't believe I missed that, and so what else is there that I can see? So yeah, it was it was a challenge, and that's how I went about it. That's awesome. My next question is for you, Bill. You ha- you've done a lot of movies. I was looking at your IMDb page, and I'm like, oh, I this is awesome. And um, horror fans are primarily the type of people who listen to this show, so they're going to be very familiar with your work in American Psycho and The New Wrong Turn. Oh. My question is, what about the role of Detective Hobbins made you like attracted you to it where you're like, oh, this is something that I could do and do well? Yeah, well, Travis brought up Columbo and, uh, you know, that was I couldn't get it as a kid. I was I was a little kid when it was it was the first thing that I felt like an adult watching and uh, it had a big impact on me because he maneuvered through his wit and he was he had all kinds of flaws he was not you know and and travis did a good job of this this guy's got all kinds of problems and and he's recovering from this and that and he's you know he's a slob and (laughs) he's uh but he's he's the uh but he's got a heart of gold and something i i like the way that is Minya's character, um, the way that she picks up on something, and that and that was in the script that you know she seems to pick up on something about this guy that you know, and that that was one of the key things that I thought that was a really interesting thing to put in there. It's like, oh, how do you do that? Because it's it's not spoken to directly, and she says, "Are you here to help?" You know, <laughs> and you know, and there's there's great funny, you know. She says, I think the the Reverend was murdered. And there's just I saw I saw a lot of room for, you know, how 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 does that, you know, how does he take that? You know, and he's just look at and at the front when he first hears it, he's just look, it just wants to finish the, the finish this particular uh gig and go home, you know, it just you know, and but something gets in his craw and she seems to know that it will. And I thought that was so that 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 attracted me to it, really. Other people have talked about that. Um, the we had a screening in, in Brooklyn uh, recently and someone afterward came out and said, you know, I really like how it's not over the head and it's nuanced in, in uh, Hobbin's acceptance of taking on this case. Like Bill was saying, it's like at first he's just trying to get home. But uh, Ishpenia's character, Darlene, she she brings something out in him and it and it excites him to start this this new case and gives him something to fight for and it's uh yeah i'm proud of that that's good yeah so that's that yeah. that's a that's a great challenge that's that's some something you can sink your teeth into you know how yeah. how do you you gotta that that's gotta come across and it does you know yeah yeah and I, and I like that there's this sort of they have this a lot of it was you know what i thought of that the relationship between those two and you know it's it rides this edge of oh where is where is this become a romantic thing and it's you know no spoilers but it's it's not about that you know it's got it's it's has a lot more heart than that yeah i love the relationship between those characters and especially because uh your characters there's a lot of uh what's the word i'm looking for uh i I guess banter (laughs) between the two a little bit of sass given (laughs) Yeah, that's right. definitely a nod to uh, those '40s, you know, films with with uh, Bogey and 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 um, you know, I just I just love that quick, you know, di- dialogue, that banter, that uh, sharp tongued. Uh, yeah. Um, back and forth. For sure, I, I, I'm definitely a fan of that as well. I was thinking of like, um, I think it's '40s, but uh, um, the Clark Gable, it happened one night. Oh, oh God. <laughs> God, I love that film. Anybody so, uh, watching, if you haven't seen that film. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's it's, so uh, cool. That's so was on, That was on uh, it's, and since Turner you, you, not too long ago. I watched it again. It was excellent. Yeah. 
<laughs> and 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 I know a lot of people watching are horror fans. So yeah, and I and I I love the genre. I mean, I love it. So anything you want to talk about regarding that as well is good. Horror fans are that's where you can still have true independent film. Not yeah. everything horror horror fans they take that genre personally. That's what I like. You know, it's theirs. It is past like, spooky season, but I try to watch. We are uh, what we are every every year. Um, that's and oh, Bill right. is just magnetic in that movie. Um, if, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. It's. Terrible. I'm really oh, yeah. proud of that film. Yeah, so that's that's we are what we are is one of my favorite things I've ever done. That's awesome. I'm glad you bring that up about um, horror film and independent cinema because what um, what I really like about Hayseed is I mean I love independent cinema because you get to do what you want it's art you know a lot of uh a lot of stuff that people watch because it's so readily accessible a lot of it feels like it's designed to make money but Mm -hmm. but with independent cinema there's true stories and i think you're right that horror the fans will support whether they like it or not any particular film they will support the genre because they know that's where art is um and they'll see at any they'll give anything a chance production budget yeah yeah absolutely um and there's this ravenous uh desire to to collect too you know the hard to find titles the the physical media people go out of their way to find these things and and i do love that about those are like true cinema fans you know Oh, absolutely. I've been in love with the genre and the people who love the genre, you know, for a while now. And American Psycho was sort of, I had, you know, we had no idea that that was going to become the classic that it did. But uh, it was a joy to make. And, um, you know, I'm really glad to have been a part of it. And this, you know, so this, I'm glad that, you know, I got to bring some of that whatever some of those fans into <laughs> i hope to bring some fans from that kind yeah. of stuff into into this you know into murder mysteries also another uh it seems like a like it's it's part of horror in a way or it can be i feel like, like murder mysteries um oh i'm sorry no i said it's definitely a story genre that that has just a, a long lineage and you know that's something that we try to do while making Hayseed was just pay homage to to all the greats that came before us. Um, you'll, yeah, yeah. You really pick it apart. You'll you'll find lines that uh, probably are spinoffs of other lines that you've heard from uh, hum- Humphrey Bogart, or you know, it, it's really it was a, a thoughtful uh, intention mm-hmm. um, because we I love that genre as well. I think it's great because like murder mysteries, yeah. I think. Uh, I think they're close to horror in the same way that thrillers are. Maybe murder mysteries are closer to thrillers, but they're all in like the same area of the genre pool, I guess. <laughs> Something I really I really like about Hayseed is it's not afraid to blend its murder mystery with oh. elements of thriller and elements of com- oh, well it's very it, it's a comedy. It's very funny. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was part of the you know, with Travis and I, that was that was a big part of the. I knew if I got him laughing, I was uh, on the right track. Yeah, I, uh, I found it very funny. You know, I, I had a hard time uh, staying composed behind behind my <laughs> monitor. Um, you know, there was there was some just beautiful moments, um, and you know, I wish the movie was three hours long and we could keep them all in. But the editing process was um, was difficult because we were really trying to get this into a as tight a film as possible and really move quickly yeah. through the story. Something I worked on with Chelsea um, when we were cutting it. The opening was eight minutes longer than it is currently. And, you know, we did a lot of test screenings and with, I was watching the audience and um, when did they start to lose interest and when did they, they start to look away. And so we really tried to tighten it as much as possible, but that's, that's the uh, hardship with a murder mystery is you really need to front load the whole thing with all these clues, right? Yeah. And I, I promise you, if you watch it, it all pays off. Every clue, they're not just talking about something because I wanted to put that on the screen. It's it's all it all connects at the end and ties together. And if you watch it carefully, you might catch it all, but you might require a few views. But yeah, we we got it to a sweet spot, right? And yeah. 
you know, it's the comedy that helps it along and finding those beats, like when to drop that line and when to, you know, when, when to spice up that scene. Um, and Bill had so many good one-liners throughout. It, it was really hard to like decide which, which direction to go sometimes. And it was a, it was a real joy to edit. So, so I got to add, yeah. Here's a little thing. <laughs> okay. This is from the film, all right. <laughs> this was given to me by uh, Meg, Meg Clemens. Case. Yeah. Case, yeah, her sister yeah. Clemens, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so look for this in the film. And I, yeah, I just, I, a... this is, this is the best trophy. It was I've received some awards in my day, but this is, this is really at the top right here. <laughs> to uh, bring this, What a great that. piece of art direction. So. <laughs> yeah, we had a great, um, so look uh, for when you, when you watch the film, there's a little, what a goose egg or whatever. Yeah. For, for what it's worth. Um, May Case was an excellent uh, production designer and uh, she had a real challenge in her hands being that it's an indie movie and we had a, a small, yeah. smaller budget for, for her department. But to bring context to this, it is a whodunit murder mystery that happens in a very small rural Midwest town. It's it's a it's a knives out, but in Michigan, in a cornfield, yeah. right? So it, it's um it's definitely got a lot of that Michigan. Uh, I, you're You're in Detroit, right? Yeah, I'm a Michigander. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people listening, they're going to they're going to I mean, us Michiganders, we love like our hometown shout outs. <laughs> yeah. So we really tried um, our, our our best to to hire Michigan crew. And part part of the, you know, the, the look and feel is is based on my hometown, which is where we shot the movie. So, you know, when when we called Bill and we're like, we want you to come make this movie. Where are we making it? Well, we're making it in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. And so we had people flying from LA and New York to to make this movie and 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 really banding together in a very tricky time, obviously, during a global pandemic to make a movie. That, but that's another uh, big challenge. I mean, yes. we can go down oh. that rabbit hole and talk about that, sure. But yeah, I mean the the tractor, it's that is that is a feature of of my hometown, right? The John Deere tractor. And and so <laughs> we we went to lengths to to include a little details like that. <laughs> yeah i love that i gotta yeah. say i I, I, yeah. I loved being there i loved oh good I really loved working there i loved it we had um on on the weekends these guys because I, I mean i love cars i mean i grew up working yeah. on cars like this stuff with the computers don't have, that it doesn't have a carburetor i don't know what i'm doing but these on the weekends all these guys they bring out their cars and there's everything and that that part of it was yeah. was was so much fun i'd look wow. over and catch bill because at, at, they would have a car show <laughs> it'd be film, yeah yeah <laughs> and he's just like looking under the engine the, under the hood of this this i don't know what it was like a chevelle or something uh, oh my god i mean we'd be filming and I, any any chance i got i run out there they have to come find me <laughs> oh god we were also shooting during a pandemic Right. And that was another it was another challenge that has big repercussions on a small film, you know, shutting okay. down for having to shut down the cast member, God forbid, which happened, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we, we certainly tried our best. Um, you know, we went into it knowing what what it was. And, you know, Michigan at that time and especially that, that county, they weren't really set up with the infrastructure that that we, we needed to, to shoot this. So we tried to play it as safely as possible. We we talked to obviously SAG first, um, then OSHA and my aunt at the time. She she was working with the CDC, and so we we had input from all these different organizations. But you know they were all kind of giving us different answers. So we kind of picked our best right. course of action, and we were testing regularly. And and everyone was like sheltering in place in their hotel rooms. Um, and I I don't even know if Bill recognizes me until we because the whole time I had a mask and <laughs> goggles on right i saw ashmenia at a screening and she's like i don't think i've ever seen your face before <laughs> yeah it was so strange yeah. to, to see people to see faces every once in a while yeah yeah so we we muddled, we muddled through though i mean um we we had some our back against the wall for a majority of the shoot and it was whispered like are we gonna get shut down are we gonna get shut down and you know but I'm proud that we we decided to do it. I think we did it in the safest way possible. And when you watch the movie, I challenge you to to watch the movie and let me know if you think it was shot during COVID because I can I can spot COVID movies. Oh yeah. Sometimes it, it's it's but we we really uh, I think stretched the canvas of what 
you know, what a lot of other movies were able to do at that time um, because we were in mid-Michigan and because we were shooting in fields and, and farm farmsteads and, you know, we had access to a lot of, a lot of uh, great locations uh, courtesy of the BFW National Home for Children and City of Eden Rapids and yeah, so it really feels like a big movie, uh, although we had a small budget and uh, we were working in very constrained uh, circumstances, but I think we pulled it off. I think yeah. so, too. I um, I could not tell that it was a COVID mo- movie, like completely honest. I uh, and I'm not just I'm not saying it because, you know, because we're promoting. I'm like, I really couldn't tell. Like, you're blowing my mind right now because normally you can like, you know, like that hard work you guys put in really sh- pulled off because I was like, no, really? You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, I think a lot of it is because we we spent a little extra money on the cameras and we we went out and got prime lenses, anamorphic lenses. So it has that cinematic that scope look that um, I think I've always loved. And um, I think it really feels like you're there's all this space, right? In a time yeah. that everyone felt that they were sheltered in place so that, that's helpful and we had, a, we had a great dp with uh brad porter people have asked me a lot about the cinematography and and honestly it, it was brad it, it it i would just throw director references and names at him and and like i love this shot in this thing he's like sure trav but this is how we're gonna do it <laughs> and, he would set it up, and i'd be like that's beautiful brad let's go with that um yeah he he really leveled us up i think uh in, in a little way and but I haven't said enough on this podcast about the, the the talent, and because you have Bill here, I mean, he can speak to this. But um, we were just so so lucky to get the cast that we have, and I I don't know if it was circumstances or material, but and you know because of this budget level, we had no rehearsal time, and everyone just showed up and worked as hard as they could. I mean, if I ever get a chance to make another one, Bill, we're gonna have weeks of rehearsals, <laughs> and, and, and I I would love that. Uh, so much but people were just flying in and like literally going to work the same day or the next day and um, oh, wow because because of the covid schedule we were flipping things around and people you know they were prepping for this day and 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 then we had to reschedule that that scene for another scene and so it was really chaotic but everyone that was cast were such pros they they just you know and bill is in every frame of the movie so you know we rolled with the punches and i think i think it just it melded so well, and we're just I'm just so appreciative of everyone's hard work on the movie. But yeah, the casting process was tough. I mean, we had 400 auditions, and just just getting through all those, and uh, we hired a really great casting director team, Sigdi Miguel and, and Steve Vincent, and you know they they created their lists, and we went out, and but really it was just uh, serendipitous. I think the movie really came together, and and the material was elevated substantially by just amazing cast that came together so and yeah. it's an ensemble movie so oh yeah it, absolutely it, it is and in the crew too uh, you know young crew that really stepped up that really um it was delight the a delight to work with really um i mentioned meg and samantha in wardrobe you know she uh came up with so many things with you know with with you don't you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of money on on indies but uh, sure. Yeah, she was particularly she was particularly a delight. You know? Yeah, Sam was great. Um, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I I went to Michigan for six weeks. Um, <laughs> I left my four and five month old children. Uh, I have twins, oh. and uh, I packed one pair of pants. I don't know what I was thinking, but I wore the same pair of jeans every single day. <laughs> I wore basically a uniform the the whole time <laughs> I was there, and uh, eventually my pants ripped. So, oh no. I just put some gaff tape on and I kept working and Meg saw, or excuse me, Sam saw me and she's like, what is the matter with this guy? And she, she's like, let me help you. So she actually sewed my pants so I could keep going because we had two more weeks to shoot. Um, oh, wow. It, it was a weird, you know, it was just heads down the whole time because, you know, in addition to directing, it, I was also producing it. So there was some fundraising that was happening, um, you know, late night um, and a lot of, a lot of fires to put out and, part of the job is just just carrying the water and just like keeping your head down and just keep keeping focused on the goal of finishing and getting to the the, the end and I didn't have time to think about ripped pants you know <laughs> or, yeah or which for sure pants to put on. so 
I was really happy to have everyone uh, around me that was supporting it and, and and helping the movie along in all the ways that they could. And everyone wore like three hats, so including Bill. I mean, he was he was uh, he was helping every way he can. Yeah, it was fun. I, but I love, yeah. but that's something I love about independent film. They're you know? handmade, not, you know. They really yeah, I, not not everything has to be. You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to do a TV show. I'm happy to do things where. You know, you may, but there has to be other options of where stories are told and and yeah. uh, they're they're handmade, like you said, and, and uh, you know everything doesn't have, uh, you know, an action hero kind of thing. And so right. I'm I'm always going to be in love with theater and independent film. Oh, and so, and Travis yeah. was nice enough to come and see. I was just going to say you came and see, you came to see me in the Seagull. I was like, wow. yeah, it was an awesome production. It was, it was in awesome. Manhattan. Uh, it was called Woodstock. It was, it was the yeah. seagull, but uh, the seagull, like Chekhov's the seagull, but, but, um, Parker Posey was in it with some, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Oh, that's it awesome. Great. great that you came. So, yeah, those are, you know, those are things that really excite me independent film and, uh, and theater. And, you know, if, if a tv show comes along and it's i mean i do that for the money but if it's if it's a good project that's always amazing that's um, awesome check out half and leonard if you haven't seen it uh bill's fantastic and half and leonard well there's there's an example of a good one that's yeah a, yeah absolutely for sure i uh i gotta ask because it sounds like you guys have been like to me like talking to you guys right now it sounds like you guys have been lifelong friends forever <laughs> well, like what I, is the I story of you guys meeting I met Bill, um, I worked on a movie called The Preppy Connection, uh, directed by mm. Joe Costello, and that was released by IFC Films in, in 2016, and Bill Bill was uh, in that that film, as well as uh, Amy Hargraves, who's also in Hayseed. Mm. Yeah. Um, I remember this moment, Bill had the coolest dog in the world, and Bill brought the dog to set, and uh, I remember we were down in the basement of this church uh, in Holding, and Bill was getting ready for his scene. And I'm sorry, I'm for, forgetting your dog's name, Bill. Oh, kid, kid, yeah. Kid, yes, he says, kid, yeah. sit. And the dog sat right next to him. And then he's like, okay, I got to go to work. And he went and did his scene. And I'm still in holding. That dog did not move. That dog was still. And then Bill finished his scene and came back. And phew, dog was, I, and I, in that moment, I was like, this is the coolest MF for I've ever, I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, man. Something about having a dog. Like, kid is now that that was one of the last films that kid got to to be on, and um, uh, he lived to fifteen years old. And um, but you know, having a dog on, I'm a dog guy, so mm -hmm. uh, it helps me with my acting, helps me with my life. Dog dogs teach me, they teach me how to work. They teach me how to act, you know. <laughs> I mean, I learn lines in front of my dog. <laughs> and where are you, man? I got, you know, there's Max over here. This is this is Max. Hey, buddy. Hey. He, he, he just sticks over there and hangs by me. He's he's a bit of a rascal. He's he's tougher. <laughs> on he was on his first set recently. You know, he wasn't as uh wasn't as easy for him as as kid, but uh, yeah, no. You know, uh, he's got to learn. He, I, he you know, if you're making a movie, I recommend uh, having a couple dogs on the set because they're really like, man, any kind of, they they just they're like plants with, you know, they absorb all the bad shit, you know, mm. and they have no problem. You know? People love them. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Any negative energy, they, they, oh man, they, they just neutralize it. <laughs> yeah, we, we met on, we met on Preppy Connection. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's an excellent movie. If you, have, if you haven't had a chance to see it, I think it's available on uh, uh apple yeah that was that was a fun shoot and yeah so I've, I've always been a fan of bills you know i i loved his work before i met him and and continue to love what he's putting out after and super privileged to be able to spend a month shooting a movie in michigan with him just had a had a wonderful wonderful experience and um it was we, you yeah. know we had we had some hard times but like that's kind of what oh, builds yeah. that trust and that you know i i i trust bill with uh with anything so we, we had a moment um i had this pickup truck and there's there's a oh, exciting scene pickup. that happens right it's a beautiful truck and i knew <laughs> bill would love it because he's a car guy but um, got it max we <laughs> we we get to the set 
And um, we have this whole day planned of how we're going to shoot this exciting car chase with this vintage Ford pickup. And uh, Bill's Bill's driving. He's doing all of his own stunts, of course, you know, because he, he has to. And and that's that's just where we're at. And and I'm supposed to be driving this truck chasing him uh, in these back roads in Michigan through the cornfields and all this stuff. And we get the truck to set. It's idling. Bill and I drive it out out to the location and then it just stops. Apparently no one checked the gas and oh. not the gas. So <laughs> we, we quickly bring gas in and we get a few takes and um, I'm chasing Bill and he's driving and we're going on these back roads and it's really exciting stuff. And we have these cameras mounted and and uh, then the car just stops again. I'm like, I can't figure it out. And there's, there's something wrong with the engine. So we're like, well, we still have shots we need to get. So we get the whole crew to start pushing the truck <laughs> down a hill and the brakes work of course um just okay. to get the shot of the, the truck accelerating towards the camera and uh if you watch the outtakes of course you you have the nose of the truck coming at the camera and then you see the entire crew just like scatter from behind as they release the truck and run into the cornfields <laughs> on either side <laughs> i mean the, nothing goes as planned right but you you right. have to um you have to be fluid and let's just like make the most of it and the scene came out very differently than how we storyboarded it but i think it's equally as exciting and those uh those moments will stick with me you know the yeah you have a you have a plan and you have a plan in case you get in, you have a plan in case you get some ideas yeah that's right and, <laughs> that's, and i was i was with with bill i was like i'm not married to any of this dialogue you know just bring bring yourself to it and um it just elevated everything you know because one person sitting typing in a room, that's that's fine. But once you get to set, you gotta be able to let it all go and let, let the actors rip because they're 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 the experts, right? And I'm I'm very happy to say that I'm I, I I'm the dumbest person in the room quite often and hire the best people you can because they're just gonna make everything better and you gotta trust people when making these these smaller movies especially. Which is, you know, you don't always get that 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 privilege and flexibility when when there's a bigger project, you know, there's a lot more writing on it, but that's what makes this, this sort of thing fun, you know, the experimentation. The... Yeah, I love that because I know a lot of people listening, they're aspiring or up and coming filmmakers and you guys have a wealth of experience. So I already know that uh, people is, and myself included, we're learning a lot just by talking to you guys. Yeah, um, we assemble. Well, cool you bring that up because because it works the other way too. I've been doing it for a while, but uh, one of the things I'm most excited about as I go on, as I keep working, is you know that is another generation coming in, mm -hmm. like this um, this train station and a new new crop shows up that sees things differently and and has uh, and I I really love that you know and I'm very open to that I'm really love what new people bring to you know what what we've done before you know i'm not i'm never married to like well this is how you you have to do this this is this is done this no no it's always changing it's always evolving and it yeah. should you know and i god i've been so fortunate to to have uh existed just enough under the radar to where <laughs> i'm able to get away with doing a lot of different things it's i couldn't i if i had tried to plan that i, I wouldn't have been able to <laughs> for sure yeah Bill's doing another film soon. Um, I think we can oh talk about God. it. Is that right? We can uh, talk about that. Yes. I mean, okay. we. Oh, cool. this is huge. I mean, this is, we, I'm sorry well, to cut his, you off, Travis. His partnership with Hal Hartley's storied, you know, he's been in so many productions with Hal and and I've seen all the movies and love them all. And and they're they're teaming up again to do something. And Bill, you can speak to it if you'd like. But, oh, uh, I, you I, know. I'm very excited as a fan of movies, like just waiting for it. <laughs> Yeah, and thanks for thanks for backing it and supporting it, Travis. And and uh, yeah, Hal Hartley and I are doing another film. We've done oh my god, we've done so many together. And over over the course, I've known him for thirty three years. And th this is really this may be his finest piece of writing. So we tried to get this done uh, in two thousand in uh, to in in two thousand twenty, and mm -hmm. you know, pandemic came along. So now. Four years to the day, we're gonna be able. We got funding to do the film, and we'll be doing where to. It's called Where to Land. We'll be starting in April, and uh, 
we got some great people. Robert Burke, who I've worked with numerous times, who who played Brothers and Simple Men, Edie Falco, who uh, has been a dear friend of mine for we went with the, we went to college together. We dated. I mean, you know, um, so she plays my ex-wife, which which could not be more appropriate. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and Parker Posey, you know, you know, it's it's it's, it's great. And, awesome. and uh, this is a. Uh, you know these auteurs need to be supported. You know these these guys. Who, well, I I, I women, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I believe when you guys were going to make that initially, you had raised all the money and then had to give it all back. It was it was through yeah. Kickstarter, I think, that the money was raised mm. once. And that's right. To do that is insanely hard, right? This is yeah. this is not an easy ask, and and then to give it all back and then raise it a second time to make this movie clearly yes there is a, a group of people who really want to see this this thing get made and they do um, and they supported it and you know it during really hard times time. yeah unless, during, unless you're during that support yeah during really tough times and you know it was looking like i'm before going to be able to to raise this money on it but but we did and, and uh what, what really made it happen was other other uh, artists like Travis, people who gave what they could, who supported it, who you know, because it's during a strike where we're not, we're, we're really not able to, we're not able to promote it on social media that much, you know. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. So, yeah. Well, I can speak to uh, how how difficult and challenging that is with with Hayseed. I, I was talking to one of our executive producers um, recently at at a screening, uh, we were at the Dumbo Film Festival and he was seeing it, I think for the first time and and uh, he saw the credit roll and uh, he came up to me and he said, you know, your movie has, uh, I see a lot of in common with the credits as, as uh, Mean Streets and, and some of De Palma's early movies. And I'm like, wow, do we all use Helvetica? Like what could possibly be similar? <laughs> and he, goes, he goes, no, no, it's, it's all friends and family. You know, there's yeah. just so many names and it's just, it's so crucial to have that, that support. And like one of the questions that people always ask, how much did it cost to make? Or how did you raise the money? And you know, like, I don't, I don't like to answer these questions, obviously, but this is something that, that is asked. And it, it really starts with just, I just started picking up the phone and calling everyone I know. And just, I got a hundred no's before I got one yes. And along the way, someone might say, well, you know, I can't, I can't support you financially, but you know, my buddy is a is a dentist and he loves movies call him and and it, it took eight months of just pounding the phone every single day and just making spreadsheet after spreadsheet of all the people i'm contacting and, and really just outreach and just trying to when we did our friends and family screening once the movie was done you know i invited a lot of those people who contributed a hundred dollars or you know whatever they could and and the whole room just like exploded with applause once once their names hit because like we have a special thank you section and it's really you know those folks at this level that, that make it happen, and and um, so appreciative of, of that. And it's John not even just the financial. John Cass, yeah, John Cassavetes was on to something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not even the financial thing. It's like because once you shoot a movie, like you know, we were I think five weeks of shooting roughly. <laughs> I think we were about thirty days, and we were on set for five or six weeks. But there's a lot of things to do afterward, right? I mean, we we wrapped, oh, yeah. and you know. Post production is one thing, and then selling the movie, and every, every at every point, everyone wanted to celebrate. Oh, we wrapped, and I said, no, 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 there's no celebrating, and we picture locked. Everyone wanted to celebrate. No, 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 no. there's a lot to do. We got a, we got distribution, which was amazing. Like we <laughs> we are so fortunate to have a good deed entertainment. We went out to to 25 uh, distribution companies, and we got we got nine offers, which you know was was an ego boost for me. I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> And we we picked the the company that I thought best fit our needs. They're LA and Midwest based. They're out of Ashland, Ohio, and uh, they have a pretty good slate of films every year, but not too many. And so I felt like they were going to be able to really spend time with with us, and we would just be like tossed to the side in a smaller these companies that put out 150 movies a year. We wouldn't stand a chance. But they let us get inventive with the the marketing of the movie and. Um, they gave us a, a chance to distribute it theatrically, which we played in LA, New York, but all all over Michigan, uh, Royal yeah. Oak, Grand Rapids at the Wealthy, and 
Lansing, both Lansing and Royal Oak sold out immediately. We we added screens, those sold out. It's really, really amazing to, you know, to get that excitement behind it. But the point I'm making is we're still not done. You know, the, the movie comes out on the 21st of November, available for rent. And that's kind of when I'll be able to release it. Um, it's it's finally available to everybody. And if, if they have a chance to to rent it on Amazon or iTunes, um, you know, it'd mean the world to me. And rating the movie is important. So it doesn't even stop yeah. then. You know, you, you get the movie <laughs> out and it's like now you're asking people to review it and critics to comment on it. And But uh, it's a wild ride, you know, and it takes all these people supporting you along the way. And I'm, I'm privileged to have a, a wife that's understanding of this crazy occupation that I've taken on. And without her and, you know, my family, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, you know, doing this on a regular basis because this is my only job. This is this is how I get through. Yeah. Cassavetes, good good recall there, Bill. Um, I think <laughs> he's he's one of the best, best to ever do it, in my humble opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't get uh, he's the <laughs> has all the heart in the world. Made the most important American films, <laughs> right, Max? Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> inspiring the next thing I'm working on. So I'll keep that under my Oh, head. nice. But <laughs> Max, come here, come here. Hey, come say hi. Hi, Max. Come here. Oh, for everyone listening, Max is the cutest dog, and he's saying hi to us right now. His tail's wagging. <laughs> you hear something outside, so <laughs> I, I, uh, I um grew up Max, with small dogs, and a leaf could hit the window, and then you get the most high pitch yipping. So yeah. I'm used to the the barks being uh. Much more piercing. <laughs> no, I, yeah. But, All right. um, yeah. Good looking out, Matt. All right. Stop. I'm uh I'm really glad that you brought up the the Michigan screenings, especially the Royal Oak ones, because I I know that the Royal Oak screening sold out almost immediately because uh I had to buy one of those uh cuddle seats. In the you front row. Seat? I was wondering who yeah. bought those. Yeah. I, I don't know who else bill, did. They have, they have sofas, uh, <laughs> couches in, in the front row of these theaters. Uh, and yeah. I was thinking about getting one to stretch out on and just uh, take a nap during the screening. <laughs> I've seen the movie like literally 200 times. So <laughs> I often don't don't stay for them. But I'll, I, I did uh, Q&As at, at, at all the screenings. And I was that was quite a joy to to be able to meet everybody afterward and hear hear what they thought about it. And every every screening was was very different. And you always get a different reaction from the audience. And I love to sit back and like for a few minutes, like watch the audience in different points in the movie and see how they react. And I think we met Austin at in Bay City, right? At Hell's yeah. Mile. Awesome festival. They're doing awesome work up there, Alan and and uh, Don really, really a fun festival and they really take care of the filmmakers. But that was one of my favorite uh, screenings because firstly, it's in the State Theater, which is this enormous, um, yeah, old, almost feels like old world theater um, with a balcony and 400 seats. And um, it has like that artwork on the wall. It kind of looked like kind of Aztec, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it certainly is, is unique. And that audience was amazing. Yeah. You know, the... Sometimes the jokes land. Sometimes uh, you get bigger reactions to like certain thrilling moments. But that one just like throughout the whole film, it just carried. And I maybe attribute some of this to uh, one of our producers, Vic Lord, for being the hype man and getting up front before the movie and kind of getting everyone riled up for a good old fashioned whodunit. But the energy carried through and, and the laughs were big. And there was audible gasps, which when you get a room full of people going, oh. It it is it takes your breath away, you know, as like someone who's worked on this trying to like get that just right. And yeah, that was my first time there. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect, but that's so far been my favorite festival experience. Cause I because I, I'm going to support my little short film, so I'm not expecting too much. And then uh but yeah, that's where I ran into you and uh Victor. Okay. We went to Michigan State together. So oh, I wanted to bring this up earlier. I love the Michigan State shout out in Hayseed near the beginning. I don't think that's a spoiler. It's near the beginning no, of the film. No, no, no. I, I had to. I mean, <laughs> look, we shot it in Eaton Rapids. It's 
like yeah. 15 miles from campus it it is uh that is my backyard um and i have always been a big big uh tom Izzo fan and um michigan state fan so look you <laughs> might only get one shot to make a movie right and and right. i knew that going in and it mounting movies exceptionally hard it's doubly hard in a uh a global pandemic um oh yeah so i i took this opportunity to make the movie i wanted to make where i wanted to make it and a lot of people told me i was crazy for wanting to shoot it in michigan but there are tax credits elsewhere you know upstate new york atlanta but i stuck to my guns and i thought that it was important for me to shoot in michigan and i'm proud of that you know um i think it i think it's important to you know support support the places that you can when you can and oh uh, yeah you know i got to pepper in things for myself the michigan state references um uh all the characters are based on people that i i knew and and loved growing up um and although there wasn't a tax credit which i i hope that they bring that back um yeah you know we've been we've been working uh with josh sikama who's who's big proponent of that and a, a michigan guy that that's, that's getting things done there and i hope to see that happen in the future because there are so many talented michigan filmmakers unfortunately a lot of them have to leave to carry on their career. I mean, I mean, it goes way back. You, you can talk about Francis Ford Coppola growing up in Detroit, and you can talk mm-hmm. about even, even. I mean, I, I'm excited. All you horror fans out there for They Follow. Uh, the, yeah. You know, the upcoming film from It Follows director, um, uh, also a Michigan guy. So, you know, I'd love to see more people in Michigan making those sorts of movies, those that that scale of movie for sure with what i had and we we made hayseed there and that's something that i'm very proud of so we're definitely pushing the the michigan made angle as hard as possible and so far we've seen great success from that the theater sold out across the state and um yeah i think that's because people are hungry for that sort of thing and i really hope that the tax credit um comes back here as well because um i'm a little younger i think but when I was growing up there, I you feel like there was like Transformers and Scream 4 and these big franchise productions coming to, 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 to yeah. yeah, good thing I added these coming to Detroit. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, even like growing up in Eden yeah. Rapids, uh, they shot Real Steel in Mason, which was like 10 minutes away from me. Uh, that was oh, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, it was a robot boxing movie, but huge movies, the Island, uh, Michael Bay productions, like mm-hmm. I'm sad to see it go, but um, I know a lot of people who I came back for that. Um, I was living in California um, and I came back for a while uh, in Michigan. I'm a little bit older than you, but, you know, eventually I had to move on. And uh, look, I fully supportive of a, of a tax credit there. Um, but I guess to uh, segue, um, <laughs> we didn't have a tax credit, but what we did have was the community in Eden Rapids and the mayor's office and the chief of police and the Eden Rapids police department, they gave us cars. Uh, uh, a few of the <laughs> officers uh, were stunt drivers in the movie, the VFW national home for children, which their, their campuses in Eden Rapids, they opened up their facilities to us. We used several of their uh, buildings as locations and, and staging, and we didn't pay for a single location. And uh, that stretched our budget significantly we had just a tremendous amount of community support when we were making the movie and and we were able to shoot on main street without without any real um hurdles um we used all the local restaurants just as crafty and, and catering uh, to the crew and i was i was happy about that and yeah it was, you know I, I needed a truck for one of our our characters duck who's played by jack mm-hmm. fallahy tremendously talented jack fallahy who's a Michigan guy, by the way. So when we, <laughs> I'll segue slightly, I'll bring it back, but mm-hmm. Jack grew up in Ann Arbor and I didn't know that. But when I was told that we were going to go out to Jack Valley, I said, I don't think we stand a chance. He's not going to want to do our movie. He just did six seasons of How to Get Away with Murder. And then when I heard he's from Ann Arbor, I'm like, we might have a chance. And he got <laughs> on a Zoom call and he was super cool about it. But I needed a truck for Jack. So I just went to where I knew the trucks were. I went to the high school, you know, and I parked and I look around and I'm like, 
that's the truck I want right over there. And so I'm, I'm like <laughs> peeking in the windows and like about to leave a note. And <laughs> he's like three like corn fed football player <laughs> guys like roll up and like, what yep. you doing with that truck? You know? And I said, Oh, I'm just trying to put this in a movie. And they're like, Oh, well, cool. All right. Here's the cell phone number. And I, I called the guy and his truck is prominently featured in, in Hayseed and oh, yeah. forever have that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just so much of that really stretched the budget just know, knowing everybody and just like knowing the town and and uh very proud of that i i think it's awesome both as a as a fellow independent filmmaker and as a fellow michigander like i'm so happy this film's doing well because you know we got to root for each other you know and yeah. it make it makes my heart happy that it's doing well and uh i'm really excited for everyone listening to to watch this uh, to talk about it because that's the best part about murder mysteries is talking about it with your friends you know the, the shame of it is um we, we're now watching movies uh at home and it, it, the collective experience um i think is is at this budget level kind of lost but i i think we can still find that in new ways and new avenues and yeah. message boards and uh letterbox is an option now for people to get out their opinions and to interact and you know but i invite i implore you uh do a watch party with hazy bring over your friends and and try to solve the the mystery together well thank you so much for having us on your show it's been been a lot of fun and i look forward to listening to more of your podcast uh you can buy hazy right now on amazon or itunes if you if you want to uh to rent it or buy it which we prefer that you buy it but uh, it's also <laughs> going to be streaming on on platforms uh later this year so um, we really support, uh, appreciate your support, and uh, it's it's people like you that that make movies like this. And thanks for having us, Austin. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you guys for making a uh, incredible film and for inspiring other independent filmmakers like myself to keep doing what we're doing. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Thank everybody. you, Bill, for for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Travis and Bill for making such a fun whodunit and for letting me be part of sharing it with everyone. I hope you guys take the time to check this film out and to review it and rate it and help it grow. Talk about it. It's a it's a really fun time and I, I really had a great time talking about it. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WOULDYOUDIESHOW. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at WOULDYOUDIEPODCAST. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week, we are talking about a film made by one of my favorite filmmakers, the magnificent Guillermo del Toro. And if that sounds like deja vu, I think it's because... I said that last week. Obviously, this wasn't the Guillermo del Toro episode. Not, I shouldn't say it like that. Guillermo del Toro's not on the show. But we are for sure talking about Crimson Peak next week. I think I had a little hiccup in my schedule. Uh, but yeah, uh, Crimson Peak next week, I promise. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.